Hey everyone, I want to thank you for joining me on our walk today. We are actually going to stop and take a moment. And um, there are a couple of things that I would like to discuss. I remember when I came on last time and I was talking about how certain things that are happening right now at this time can actually influence the behavior of certain people. And this is in varying degrees. Some people don't seem to be bothered or influenced at all, while you've got varying degrees of others who are. And we can tell that maybe they're acting out of character, they're behaving a little bizarrely, and things like this. Well, I would like to say that my personal belief is that what happened earlier this week with the family who was kidnapped and then later their bodies were found, I believe that that's what happened to them with the person or persons who committed this heinous crime. I'm not saying that at any given point these people are just uh, upstanding, law-abiding citizens. But what I am going to say is that when you already have a leaning towards certain activities, it's much easier for these dark spiritual entities, whatever you would like to call them, it's easier for them to change and to influence the behavior of these people. So it's, it's very, very disturbing. And I don't know if um, and how many of you like doing the numbers. And I was trying to find out exactly when these, this family went missing. So it stated Monday. So Monday was October 3rd. That's all that I know. I don't know the time. It looked to me to be either late morning or right like in the middle of the afternoon. That's how it looked to me. I could be wrong. So as far as uh, time, I don't know. But I do know it was um, apparently, as far as I know, it was um, October 3rd. So it's 10-3-2022. The other thing that I find a little, I don't know, a a little strange is that there is video footage of this family being taken out of their workplace. The two, there are two men and their hands are tied behind their back like with these plastic tie ties. Then it shows the woman coming out holding the baby. I looked at that video a couple of times and I cannot grasp how calm and how these people just seemed to be led out with 
out a fight. Okay, and I'm not bashing anyone for not putting up a fight. I wasn't there, so I don't know all the circumstances. However, from the majority of people that I know, and even myself, I mean, okay, granted, we all like to say, oh, I would do, I would have done this and I would have done that. We really don't know what we would do unless we are confronted with certain situations. But for the people, the majority of people that I know, there would have been a fight. I don't care if that criminal would have had a gun or not. There would have been a fight. And when you think about, you're probably, this person doesn't have any good intentions for you. So it's like most likely that you're not going to come back. I would think, why not? If, if it's not looking too good for me either way, why not? Why not fight? Once again, I don't know the circumstances, so I don't know why there didn't seem to be any fight at all. No one's clothes looked like they were messed up from a scuffle. No one's hair. They didn't look to have any bruises. You know, when someone's been in a fight, you can usually tell. It's almost like they were under some sort of hypnotic spell. Okay, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm correct, but I'm just saying how I viewed this scene. And then you see the woman come out holding the baby. This whole thing, okay, now there's four people. And they find their bodies a couple of days later out. This happened like in, kind of like in Northern California or Central California, and they find their deceased bodies and even the baby. It is said that the baby was just left there. The baby was eight months old. An eight-month-old baby can't even crawl. That baby was given no chance. As much as I really, really dread saying this, I find it hard to believe that the baby was just left there and not given even a second look. I believe that there was um, more than just leaving the baby behind. I haven't attempted to remote view. I haven't attempted to do anything. I just feel the evil surrounding this. From what I hear, the authorities believe that there was someone else involved. I cannot say as of right now, I am not feeling anyone else. It doesn't mean, once again, okay, it doesn't mean that I know anything or I'm just so wonderful and so intelligent and brilliant when it comes to this kind of stuff. But personally, I'm not feeling someone else and not in a physical type of um, feeling, not like another person was there to take part 
in any type of uh, physical action. I don't know if someone may have said something, someone who um, used certain words as a catalyst for this to take place. But um, as far as another person physically being there, I don't feel it. I, I'll tell you what I do feel. I do feel that this was done by a very heavy, dark influence over the perpetrator of this horrendous crime. I feel that. And I even could get glimpses of it. Those of you who um, have this, whatever you want to call it, that we can see certain things, you know what I'm talking about when I say this. There are so many things, especially now, guys, and it's like they're around us. We cannot see them with our physical, okay? We cannot see them with our physical eyes and things like this. But we can see them like with our mind's eye and with that extra that we have. And this is one of those times that I could see something else with that extra. So um, it's going to be... I, I don't want to say interesting because this isn't interesting. This is just very, very, very sad. And um, like, why, why? There are so many questions unanswered because in my mind, in my thoughts, I don't care if they fired this guy. I don't care if... Uh, they didn't get along and he was a disgruntled employee. There is no justification for this. There is none. But these evil things that are able to influence certain individuals don't care. All they want is this hate the fear that was emanated and everything else so that they can feed off of it. Because it's not just what happened there. This act, this atrocity affects people who know about this, who watch this, who view this, on the news, on TV, on the radio, this generates a lot of negativity. Whether it's fear, anger, sadness, people crying about it and things like that. All of these emotions are what these things feed on. We're going to see some other types of behaviors, guys. We're going to see, I don't know to what extent. I'm hoping it's nothing like this, what, what I'm talking about. But um, it would not really 
be too much of a surprise because at this point, what's happening in our time right now is just so full of negativity. It breeds these kind of things also because these energies attract each other. And there are people out there because for me, it is um, something that it is sad. It's beyond sad. But it's a little bit deeper than that. It's heartbreaking and um, it's just, I, I mean, I can't even think of the proper words, but I have to let that go. And it's not easy. I'm, I'm a person who, if I let certain things in, it will ruin, like, not only my day, but it will just gnaw at me. So I have to let it go and keep my vibration high because I'm not going to contribute. I'm not going to pitch in to this negativity that's floating all around us. I'm not going to take part in it. When they come around around me to, and they're passing the hat around, no, I'm not pitching in. I'm not doing it. And it's a difficult thing to try to explain to someone how to feel zero. But that's the only way I can describe it. I just make myself feel zero. I guess you just kind of like maybe rise above it a little bit. But that's what we have to do. And it doesn't mean that we don't feel for, these, for what happened. It doesn't mean that we're not, um, well, you have, to, we're people. You have to, of course, you're going to feel like unsettled and, and just like this is really unnecessary for people to behave this way. It doesn't mean that I don't care. I do. I care a lot. But if we're going to beat this, okay, we can't contribute. We've got no choice. We have to, however we do it, we have to rise above it. We have to shake it off. We have to continue. We can't let certain things like this stop us on our path or we're going to get sucked down into this mess and um, we're not going to be able to beat it. We're not going to be able to win, okay? We're not going to be able to fight it. So that is what I have to do. And um, it's for our benefit. Be otherwise, we wouldn't even be able to see what's happening. We wouldn't even be able to see the actual picture of what's going on. 
Because if you're down in it, if you're just like so sad, and I know a lot of people who are very, very sad and they're crying and they're like wringing their hands, but it's like, you're not helping. You have to stop that. Because if you want to beat this kind of stuff, you're going to have to rise above this. You're going to have to move above it. Okay, that I don't want anyone to think that I am heartless and I don't care. No, I, I do. When I think of that poor innocent child, that poor innocent baby, I just... Uh, I just, it's, it's very difficult for me to accept the fact that there are actually people on this earth who behave in such a manner. But I also know where this comes from. I also know where the very base of this comes from. Oh, it's written all over this. And if Maybe some of you don't know. It is the blood of children. It is the blood of the innocent and the babies. That these, I, I can't call them people, these entities. Well, actually, there are the physical, okay, the person, and also these wicked entities, these dark spirits, crave that innocence. So we'll just have to wait and see what comes of this. But in the meantime, we have to carry on and just try to put our emotions to the side. All the anger, the fear, the disgust, the rage, the, all of that, the total overwhelming sadness. And I'm, I know it's difficult. But once again, if we're going to even be able to see what the cause is of this type of thing, of this type of behavior, then we have to keep on our path. We have to keep our vibration high. And that's how we beat it. Okay. The other thing that I wanted to share with you is that um, I am not a person like, I'm not a celebrity watcher or anything like that. And this is going to go way back sometime. This was um, before my time and probably before a lot of you. Sorry, guys, I have to have my iced coffee or I just can't deal with my day. <laughs> but anyhow, how many of you are familiar with the whole Motown music thing? I guess it really was very popular like in the 60s. Motown music was like very popular, probably the 60s and to maybe sometime in the 70s, I'm guessing. And... um so you had all these different artists and there were even different, like Motown was the umbrella, but you had these other like subsidiaries of Motown. You had these things called 
Tamla Records, Gordy Records, um, and some other ones because it was so big. They, their artists, like they would teach them how to like, I guess kind of like a modeling school. They would teach them poise, teach them how to move, teach them how to speak when they were being interviewed and all of this stuff. I mean, these people, whoever the inventor or whatever of Motown, I guess Barry Gordy Jr. was his name, he really knew how to create a music empire. So this story is about someone who I was somehow, okay, I was reading a couple of nights ago and I was on, I was actually on YouTube. You know, off to the side, it has these suggestions of something that you might like, whatever. Well, this thing caught my eye and I don't know why it was there because I've never like looked for this. But it said the tragic life and death of Tammy Terrell. The only reason I knew who Tammy Terrell was is because when I was really young, that my family would play Motown music. And I remember her singing with Marvin Gaye. And they sang some love songs and this and that. So I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe I'll take a look at that. Because I wasn't really familiar with the whole thing. Like, I wouldn't be able to tell you anything about it, okay? So, anyhow, I started looking at this. And it is a tragic story. So, Tammy Terrell was like a teenager. And she started singing. And she was discovered by somebody and... I guess she went to go sing like a backup singer for James Brown. And um, this is what it says, okay, in many, because I had to go and look. I'm not just going to take one thing that I read. I have to go look at some other things to make sure that what it's saying is not just from one source. I go to at least three sources, okay? So it says that Tammy Terrell went to go and she was backup singer for James Brown and then they started having a relationship and uh, what happened was James Brown started beating her. So at one point, he just like beat the daylights out of her and then she left him. She was like, okay, well, I'm done with this because uh, I don't feel like getting my ass beat anymore. So she left him. So then she starts... I did, I don't remember if she started singing back up for The Temptations or what it was, but somehow she met the lead singer of The Temptations, who at this time was a guy named David Ruffin. So she starts seeing David. She was really cute, too. She was a really cute girl. So she's seeing David, and then he proposes to her, and she says yes, so they're going to get married until she finds out, guess what? David's already married, and not only is he already married, he has kids, but he also has a bunch of girlfriends out there. So she was really young. I mean, this girl was probably at the time, maybe she was barely 20 years old. So, okay, well, that's that. She's not going to marry David. So she starts, you know, she continues her singing, her singing career. And then at some point, 
Motown, and I'm not sure what subsidiary it was, what actual label it was, but they decide that they're going to put her together with Marvin Gaye to sing some love songs. So they're going to make this album. So she sings with Marvin Gaye, and they made these songs that were really, really popular. Um, one of them is Your Precious Love, something like that. Another one is You Know Mountain High Enough. And they made some songs that were really popular. I'm sorry, guys, I can't name them for you because I'm not really a Motown person. You know, I was not like like really ever hardcore into it. So um, it'll be easy for you to find anyways, if you're interested in this. But anyway, so she's singing with Marvin Gaye and apparently she had been for mo much of her life, she had been getting migraine headaches. She had been complaining about migraines for years and years. And at one point, her and Marvin Gaye were singing and she collapsed on stage. So the doctors initially thought that it was because she was just worn out from all the performing and everything. You know, they do have a pretty grueling schedule when they're on their concert tours and things like this. But they found out that she actually had a tumor in her head on the, I guess, on the right side. So they operated on her and they removed the tumor and it was successful. They took it out. So she goes back and she says she's fine and she's continuing singing. But then for some reason, and it didn't really go into a whole lot of detail, she had like so many more surgeries, I guess in that same spot. So maybe whatever it was, was coming back. Finally, she had to give up her singing career. Now, it's said that she, during her last, you know, getting close to her last days, she couldn't walk anymore. She was in a wheelchair. Then it says she went blind. She couldn't see. She started losing her hair, I guess because of the treatments that they were giving her, until she finally passed away. Now, when she passed away, she had barely turned 24, okay? Now, I, I can recall this. A long time ago, okay, I, I, this, it's one of those things that I think I remember, but I must have been so young, maybe I got it mixed up with something else, but I could almost swear that I was listening to something, it was Marvin Gaye, and he was performing somewhere. And before he started singing this song, he said, this is a song that I used to sing with a beautiful little girl. And he was talking about Tammy Terrell. And then he had to stop because he was crying. Somehow he was able to 
go on and perform the song. So it's like, okay, I know I heard this. I was trying to find it on YouTube. But all I could find is him talking about the, the songs that were her favorites before he would sing them. I did not, I was not able to find what I thought I heard all those years ago. But anyhow, there are many different articles that say that when Tammy Terrell passed away, Marvin Gaye took it very, very hard. He, like, lost it because they were friends, and he was performing with her. They were singing these songs, and they were, like, really, really good singing together and things like that. So they had grown kind of like, you know, they kind of, like, bonded like a co-worker. It also went on to say, now I don't know if this is true or not, that some of, um, some people believe that a certain percentage, okay, of like his drug and alcohol problems came from after Tammy died because he was so distraught. He was seeking ways to numb himself from this pain. And, well, why not? I can believe that. Any article, any interview that I've ever heard where Marvin Gaye is speaking, he seems to me that he was sensitive Now, when I say this, I don't mean that he's a person who never got mad or he was, he never got mad and he was just an angel. No, I'm not saying that, but he had a sensitivity. So his demeanor was such that I can believe that he took it hard. The other thing that I learned during this, when I was looking around, trying to find out about this, what actually happened is that her family, Tammy Terrell's family, was a bit angry for some reason at Motown Records for the way that they treated her. See, and I don't know what that means. I don't know how they treated her or what went on there. But that's what it said. And it didn't go into any type of detail. So I couldn't find out what happened. Like, okay, how did they treat her? How was she treated badly? What were they doing or not doing? But anyhow, it it said that um, because of the treatment of the Motown corporation or family, whatever, none of them were allowed to go to Tammy Terrell's funeral. The only person that was allowed there was Marvin Gaye. And he made, and you, he did the eulogy where the, um, one of their songs that they sang together kind of like playing in the background. See, okay, I heard this, but on another thing, there was somebody, and he was walking among the tombstones of the cemetery where Tammy Terrell is buried, and when he finally got to her burial site, he said, can you imagine right here where I'm standing, there were 
all of the artists from Motown and things like this. So I was thinking, okay, one says they weren't, the family didn't want any Motown people there except for Marvin. But then this guy's saying that all of these Motown superstars were there at the funeral. So I don't know what really went on there. If you're interested in knowing about this or looking into this, then it maybe you can find out. I couldn't. And then while well, I started just getting, you know, tired and uh, of reading one thing and I just decided to move on. Now, why am I bringing this story up? Okay, remember earlier I said I'm not a celebrity watcher. I don't I don't look at celebrities. I'm not interested in their lives and their houses and blah, blah, blah. But for some reason, when I was watching that YouTube video and that guy was walking and when he finally got to the grave of Tammy Terrell, I felt this, um, I, I don't know how to describe it, I felt this feeling. And I can... As I picture it in my mind, I can still feel that feeling. And I do not know how to tell you guys what it is. I do not know how to explain this. So there was one point where on all of these different sources that I read and that I listened to, they all say that she's pretty much forgotten because... She was only here for such a short time. She wasn't even able to build her career to be the star that she was on her way to becoming. So when you start talking about people being forgotten and things like this, maybe that's part of the reason that I feel that way. The other thing is there were no flowers at her grave. Not one, not even an old bouquet that looked like somebody had put it there a month or two ago. There was nothing. So it's like, maybe I believe that she's been forgotten. But there was a feeling and um, when I... Victoria is actually going to be here in my shack in November. And I'm going to ask her some of these questions because I've, I don't feel this way. I've seen many graves of different celebrities and things like this. And it's like, okay. But for some reason, this one is different. And I just wanted to share that with you. Okay, moving on now. I want to tell you one more thing. I may have mentioned this before. This is creepy to me. It's not paranormal creepy, but it's creepy nevertheless. So a couple months ago, I was once again, you know, I'm looking around. I'm on YouTube and uh, there's this thing, this suggestion. Maybe you would like, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I'm looking and I see something about the glass top grave, okay? There was a grave with the glass top. So I'm like, what the heck is that? So I went and I was looking. There's this guy and he was at this cemetery. 
and he was talking about how one of the graves in that particular cemetery had a see-through top, so it was like a plexiglass. I may have spoke about this before already because I found it so dang eerie and like who would care to do something like this. But anyhow, if you heard it already, I have to say it again because for some reason it's been on my mind and my one of my friends and I, we were talking about it and she was just like, that's giving me the heebie-jeebies. I said, yeah, who would, and why? I mean, why? So anyhow, this guy's walking around and as he's walking towards this particular grave, he's talking about it, saying the name of this person and so on. So this guy wanted to have his um, plot with a, I guess like a plexiglass, okay, top, so that the sun could shine down on him for forever. So, okay, so the sun could shine down on his dead body forever. All right, you have money, you want to pay for that, you, you can get that, all right? So, He's telling the story. He's walking to this grave. He finally gets there. So this thing has been there for quite a while. So as time goes on, the plexiglass gets to the point where you can barely see through. You know, it gets all that scratchy and cloudy and all of that stuff because it's the original. It has not been replaced. So this guy gets his flashlight because he wants to make sure that we can all see what he's seen. He gets his flashlight and he starts moving it down there so that you can see the, the corpse or whatever you can see that's down in there. It's in its coffin, but you can see it or you could have maybe back so many years ago because what has happened to this thing now is... There is moisture that's going to get in there. So stuff like I always call single cell protozoa is growing on this body. You can make out the figure, okay, and the shape. But in the meantime, you've got like this green algae looking stuff growing on the body as well as your looking through it the best you can through that cloudy, scratched-up plexiglass, which also has some, it looks like water droplets, like on the inside of it, so that if you lifted it up, you would be able to wipe the water droplets off. It is just creepy as all hell. I'm telling you, you'll be able to find it. Just go look on YouTube and you will see this. I just cannot imagine wanting that. And I mean, we all know that your body is going to degrade. So the sun isn't going to be shining down on our faces as we know them right now. And that, I don't even know if that would be allowed today. I I do not know because it's kind of um, like when you think of it, it would be like maybe not the healthiest thing to have something like that. 
But I believe this thing's been down there for like almost 100 years. But um, yeah, it it is creepy. And um, I don't remember what state this is in, but I know you'll be able to find it. It's like the things that people think of, I don't, I don't get it. But then again, it's not for everyone, you know? We're not all supposed to get it, I guess. Anyways, um, that's all that I've got for today. I know that we took a sharp turn off of the path that we usually walk, but I just wanted to bring those things up and uh, let you know that there are things all around us at any given time. Most of them, when we're dealing with the supernatural, are unseen to us, but they are there and they can manipulate people. They can change a perspective of certain people and so on. Usually, okay, the people who are manipulated by these things are of lower level intelligences themselves, usually. So we just um, have to continue on and realize these things when they happen. And I'm not saying that every single thing that happens is because of these um, dark influences. But then again, yes, I am. So hopefully I will be back on Sunday and then we'll get into some stuff. Okay, everybody have a great weekend. Thank you so much for joining me. I really, really appreciate it. I appreciate all of you. Ciao.